Either she homeless or she got problems. That's the only reason why she run to a black man. I like him already. Now you wanna get nuts? Come on! Producer, director, writer, he is the ultimate filmmaker and bona fide foodie. You're listening to The Quintus Factor with Michael J. Arbaway. Thank you for coming back. Greetings, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Quiditas Factor. I'm your host, Michael J. Arboy. But that word, that Latin word, quiditas, what does it mean? Adriana, please give them the definition. Quiditas, Latin, the whatness of a thing, the essential nature of something, the quality that makes a thing what it is. Once again, quiditas is the whatness or essence of a thing or person. And in this episode, I want to talk to you about that special thing that makes you you. It's not quiditas, but it's je ne sais quoi. You know, je ne sais quoi literally translates to I don't know what, that mystery, that magic that makes someone special. And I think everybody has that je ne sais quoi, and you have to learn to tap into it and make it a part of you. And so other people can see it and and know that you're special. So... You know, there are a couple of things that you can do to cultivate and strengthen your je ne sais quoi. And the first thing you need to do is to tune into your inner voice. Go to a quiet place, listen to your inner thoughts. You know, this sounds weird, but nine out of ten times your inner thoughts are correct. If you feel something that you should do or, or, or feel something that you shouldn't do, listen to that intuition. That is there for a reason. And it only can talk to you. No other person can tell you what to do. You have to listen to that inner voice. Um, the second thing you can do is to stop comparing yourself to other people. You know, you're an individual. You have your own magical powers. You have your own magical essence that's within you. So don't go onto Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and compare your life with somebody else's life. You know, look at the magic and things that you can do that makes you special. Um, the third thing you can do is to find your own formula. When you're looking for your je ne sais quoi, it's not something that you can really study or look up. It's more of tuning into that inner voice. And I know it sounds strange, but you need to listen to that inner voice, listen to that inner magic, let it overflow onto you. And that way you will know the things that you know, and you will know how to reflect that little certain something that's within you. And the last thing is kind of silly, but don't try too hard. It will come to you easy. It will come to you naturally. And you'll find that when you start talking to people, people will be attracted to you. People will want to listen to what you want to say. And I don't know if you have that feeling when you first meet somebody and right away you know you're going to be friends with that some person, that person, or right away you like that person. It's that little magic. It's that, what is it? Je ne sais quoi. And that reminds me of a quote by Joy Fitzgerald, and it goes a little something like this. Stop apologizing. It's okay if your ideas are different. Your goals are big. Don't be afraid of what others would say. You're skilled, capable, and talented. You deserve to be a leader, and you are enough. Leaning can be uncomfortable, so don't be afraid of your own seat. Lean back and kick up your feet. Isn't that a powerful, amazing quote? I want you to think about that. That brings me to my next guest. My next guest is a martial artist, an actor, a stuntman and producer, as well as an author. He has several black belts in Goju-ryu Karate, Chikwondo, Jiu-Jitsu, Taekwondo, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. 
He has officiated at the MMA bouts at UFC 6 and UFC 7. He has been on several television shows and several plays, but he's best known in Barry Gordon's The Last Dragon, in which he played a Bruce Lee-inspired martial artist in search of the glow. It's my pleasure to introduce to you guys, Ty Mac. Ty Mac, welcome to the show. Hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, how you doing? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. You know, um, when I was growing up, you know, most kids, they were looking at Ralph Macho and the Karate Kid, but I was a big fan of The Last Dragon with Timok. You know, that was what really got me going. Um, so, as you know, the name of the show is called The Quiditas Factor, and Quiditas means the whatness or essence of a thing or a person. And so I'd like to ask this first question of all my guests, and my question to you is this. When you were like eight or nine years old, did you know that you wanted to be an actor or a martial artist? Eight or nine. Yeah, I was getting my butt beat by my brother. <laughs> uh, I didn't really get the passion until I got older, around 12. Uh, and it was because I saw a Bruce Lee commercial. And I was uh, captivated by his uh, aura. Now, I know you've probably told the story a million times, but for the benefit of me and my audience, can you tell me, how did you get that role in The Last Dragon? You're like 19 years old. Uh, tell me about the process. And you know how many times I told that story? <laughs> and I told that story a million times, but it's okay. I'm going to make it really short because it's a long story. The short version was uh, everybody was telling me to go up in this film that I'd get the role or not that I would get the role, that I would uh, do really well. And I was like, I'm not an actor. I don't know anything. But it was a dream come true. So uh, uh, I, I ended up auditioning because my mother knew someone that knew the casting and all that, uh, Lester Wilson, the late great Lester Wilson dance career. And uh, I did terrible. I didn't know, I never knew how to break down a script. I didn't have a script, I had the sides. I couldn't make out what this whole thing was about because it's ridiculous, you know? You know, I just, uh, if, you know, I grew up watching uh, these Kung Fu movies uh, as a kid. And if someone had said, look, look, you're just going to be like those Chinese guys in those Kung Fu movies. Then I would have been able to understand. But when I saw this guy from Harlem or, you know, this kid, Bruce Leroy, uh, wears a hat and Kung Fu outfit, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I don't know what, you know, and all the, uh, you know, the, um, the sat it's kind of satire. It's kind of the humor, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, as a young man, I didn't really get it all. Sumdum go ahead. Uh, you know, they had explained that. I was like, what? Sumdum? Oh, they, they said, Sumdum boy. <laughs> so anyway, um, anyway, I did terrible. They sent me home and I was so depressed because I really, I brought my karate gear. I thought I was going to, you know, thought I was going to do martial arts exhibition or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, long story short, I worked on it really hard, came back, and they fired the guy they thought they were going to hire and they hired me. You know, I'm a super fan, so I know there's a little bit more to that story. I heard that, you know, the first time you tried after The Last Dragon, you didn't get it, you know, because, like you said, you weren't an actor. But it took a trip with you and a friend or something like that. You went to Florida with your father. Tell me about that. Uh, I was, my father took me and my best friend at the time to uh, Miami, Florida. Me and my best friend, my best friend was like, this girl's there, man, let's go. <laughs> and, and I was just bitching about this role, you know. And I still had the sides in my, with me, the sides, a piece of a script. And my father said, give me the key. We're driving down. My friend's in the middle of the band. 
my father has uh, at that time he was selling these uh he was very creative my father was a great artist and he was one of the guys that brought <clears throat> lame clothing into america lame that shiny stuff and he even made an outfit for the cereal gang nobody knows that but he that that he was very very uh amazing artist my father anyway um so he had a uh, some uh woman that had a boutique out there that wanted his stuff and anyway we we're driving down there 18 or more hours and my father is like trying to coach me on how to do this right and i still didn't know what the hell the, the whole thing was about and i just felt like it was abuse you know <laughs> no don't you get it it's like this come on you know that type of thing and my friend was in the middle like oh my god so by the time we got there i didn't I told my best friend, he said, well, you okay? And I said, no, nah, man, I don't even want this damn role. He said, if there's a God on the earth who was written for you. And, um, you know, you know, friends are important. They're very influential, you know. You know, you might feel you can do something, but then, you know, when the, the shit hits the fan and doubt can seep in. And then uh, friends or family or, you know, the, you know, ultimately you have to be your own a source, you know, of confidence. But back then, it was good to hear a friend say that. And uh, that's what uh, impelled me to go deeper. And uh, me and my best friend were cleaning the roofs. And that's my father said, we'll get paid to do that and then go to hang out, meet some girls at the beach and stuff like that afterwards. So we had a great time. We were practicing the lines. By the time I went back, they told me, you know, they got this guy, he's going to play the role and i was all pissed off i was like man let me run into the office the casting director opened the door he didn't he was like oh god you again <laughs> and i said just give me another chance you know so he was just kind of trying to get rid of me let me uh go through it one time but i did so well he um uh you know called the office and had me go down there and they yeah that was it wow what an amazing story you know, a lot of people don't know this, but you actually hold several black belts in different styles of martial arts. Can you go over them with me? I started with my father's best friend, which was Goju Karate. Then um, um, there was a after-school uh, community center I was doing uh, uh, Taekwondo. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Aikido with uh, a really great guy named Ralph Kang. But that there wasn't enough kicking, so I ended up sticking with Taekwondo for quite a while, doing that for a few years, and then met Ron Van Cleef and did more uh, kickboxing, uh, Wing Chun, um, you know, all kinds of hard, you know, really combat type stuff. And then uh, I went on my own and started trying different styles after that. Wow, I really commend you on, on learning all those styles. That's amazing. Uh, let's backtrack for a little bit. I, I want to talk about those first days on set. You know, you never acted before. This is a new experience for you. Tell me about working on the set of The Last Dragon. I mean, Michael Schultz, Barry Gordy, and Richard Fancy was the acting teacher on, on set. I just followed everybody's lead, you know, and that was it. They thought I had the talent, and uh, um, I, I I grew up um, watching movies and Paul Newman, Robert Redford, Steve McQueen, Sidney Poitier, you know, Jim Brown, list goes on. I, I was a fanatic um, about all these things, so I just kind of was living out a dream you know yeah you know that seems to be the film that everyone got their start on so you know you worked with uh, vanity and william h macy and uh, Chaz palmateri 
everybody, you know, everybody was so excited to be part of the film, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that was infectious. Everybody was very seriously excited to be part of this iconic film with an iconic uh, music guy. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was it was like walking on the set of a, of a comic book, <clears throat> of like a Marvel comic book or something. Speaking about that music guy, Barry Gordy, he was like the father of Motown. Uh, and that movie had a really sick, ridiculous soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, Gordy and uh, his staff. Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't part of that. You know, I'm not a musician. It was just I was just focusing on what I had to focus on. You know. Yeah, I'm talking about afterwards when when the movie came out. You know, you got to see it on the big screen, and it had all this great music. And I like, I think that was like the first movie I saw where there was almost actually like a music video in the movie. Yeah, so it had all. The, all these yep. different elements. Yeah, that was the most unique thing about it that wasn't kind of unprecedented. It set the stage for a lot of these uh, films afterwards, you know, where they had played music throughout the whole movie. And, um, you know, but I didn't see the movie till um, they had a premiere in Hollywood and all these uh, stars showed up. Everybody from Charlie's Angels um, to uh, Ernest Borgnine was even there. Oh, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, a classic uh, old school actors. Um, um, what's her name? Lola Falana. Um, or was it? Yeah, yeah, there was a bunch of them, a bunch of them. Diana Ross, you know. So, not a lot of people know this, but I happen to know that you officiated at the preliminary MMA bouts for UFC 6 and UFC 7. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, that was uh, crazy because it, it, it was a wild, wild thing back then until um, uh, Zufa Entertainment, uh, Dana White, and then they started uh, making it more organized and before that, there was just like a cowboy. It was just like a wild, wild west, you know? Mm-hmm. And guys are getting into fights in hallways. It was crazy, you know? <laughs> and I don't want to be part of this. <laughs> i paid enough to do this. Yeah. Well, so you weren't tempted to fight, but you, you were happy to, to be like an official. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I trained with a few of those guys. Uh, um, but, you know, to... to to, to get in there and do that at, at the stage of uh, what I was trying to do is um, build a, uh, an acting career. Um, I just didn't see that, especially back then, as a way about it. I could have been wrong. Uh, also, you know, um, the, the jiu-jitsu world and the stars like um, Boyce Gracie had to jump on everything. So a lot of the guys that um, didn't know that were easily tapped out because they didn't have the experience if it went to the ground. So um, my skill was more uh, kicking, punching, you know, um, and uh, it would have took a long time to really develop a ground game. But, you, you know, how are you going to uh, develop a ground game to go against someone like Royce Gracie and people like that when they grew up, you know, that's their art, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it, all the rules were for them, you know. You, yeah, so true, man. Wow. So now we're at the part of the show where I'd like to uh, ask you some in-depth questions you know, so people can find out what makes you you. That's the whole idea behind Quiditas. So the first question I'd like to ask you is this. Tell me about somebody who touched your heart and how they changed your life for the better. Every, you know, my mother and father, um, you know, although they are very, they were very difficult. Uh, my father passed away, but my mother's still around, although it's very difficult because I had such a tough childhood with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say they did. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee, and all the Asian Kung Fu stars, all the actors that I 
idolize from Paul Newman and Robert Redford to all of them, you know? Um, yeah, all these cats, uh, when I was like, you know, a kid, uh, kind of developed me um, and a vision of what I wanted to be like, you know? Um, even, you know, some of the British actors, um, John Hurt, Mark McDowell, you know, I saw some brilliant actors, you know, and uh, so I, I it's touched my heart. I don't, I guess it touched my imagination, you know. Um, and then the uh, some friends of family, Calvin Lockhart, touched my heart. I was talking to him before he passed away, and uh, my uncle, uh, God uncle Roy Hayes, uh, to be there for you when you're in your darkest times you know those kind of people after all these years in the limelight uh time tell me what's the best compliment you've ever received well people always tell me i'm inspirational they tell me i'm you know i'm a legend and all that stuff uh you know <laughs> i have a friend years ago that was an alcoholic and uh he cleaned up his act and he just did an iron man you know which is the full marathon run a hundred and something uh, miles by grace and mile and a half swim and he's like 57, 56, you know, anyway, um, he's amazing. And, uh, but about 15 years ago, uh, we were hanging out and he was going on and on about his problems, you know, and on and on. And I said, yeah, look, I had those same bad childhood things. And, and he said, and he kept going on and on and on. And I grabbed him by his neck and I cursed him out. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't do that now, but uh, that's an intense side of me, not to hurt him, but just to wake him up. Wake him up yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, get your fucking act together, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know, you know, but he told me uh, in the past, uh, about two or three weeks ago, he said, man, you know, that was one of the things that had me kick, you know, uh, beat this alcoholism, even though it's a everyday thing he said i would have never got clean if it wasn't for you so as you know the name of this show is called the quiditas factor and quiditas means the whatness or essence of a thing or person but just to make it easier on you let's say that quiditas means magic power or superpower what would your magic or superpower be what would your quiditas be love and if i asked you what's your secret sauce what you know that thing that makes you you what would that be the glow <laughs> And in your own words, what what is the glow for you? The glow is uh, the ability to um, master oneself. You could say that the glow is is being able to uh, understand uh, that fear is an illusion. Uh, so the glow is uh, being able to uh, transcend your fears. Yeah, you know, somebody once told me that fear stands for false evidence that appears real, and that always kind of stuck with me. That kind of leads me to my next question. So what's the best advice that someone else has given you? You know, let it go, whatever it is that's, you know, because until something is let go, it's you that's keeping it going, you know? Yeah. It's like I got something going on in my family where someone's using me to pump up their business, you know? It's like that kind of thing. You know, how long can I hold on to something? Letting something go is 
seems to be hard for people. Um, so that's something that I, good advice. Uh, the best advice I've given myself is to get out of my head, get into my heart, uh, music, meditation, yoga. Some people it's prayer. Um, what gets you out of your head? You know, because everything in your head, you already know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. Um, here's a question for you. Tell me something you think you failed at. Um, I don't look at failure that way, but um, in a way where, you know, it's over. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but I could say that um, hard to trust, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I couldn't trust anybody. I failed at trusting, you know, do a film when you're a kid and nobody else was given roles like that. It wasn't a role that you saw before. There was a lot of people that didn't uh, want me to succeed. And uh, I guess I, I feel that uh, not being able to be emotionally intelligent, meaning I wore my heart in my sleeve. So, but um, I don't regret anything. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, I get it. At that age, just just a lot of going on in your life, and things just seem so hard. Um, so, my final question today for you is this: What does the future hold for Timac? Whatever I want it to be, you know. Mm -hmm. whatever i want it to be you know time act thank you so much for being on the show i truly appreciate it more, more, many blessings brother for those of you listening and if you want to contact time act he's on instagram and twitter under the handle i am time act that's at i am t-a-i-m-a-k uh time act can you take us out hello everybody my name is time Ock, aka bruce lieber that's what a lot of people know me before and welcome to the Quiditas Factor. Thank you for listening to the Quiditas Factor. I'm your host, Michael J. Arboway. Before I let you go, please check out my website at www.mikearboway.com. That's M-I-K-E-A-R-B-O-U-E-T.com. And you can check out my shop. There you'll see a shop called Arbo Artifacts, where I have some t-shirts for sale that will help the uh, show as well as my wife's Etsy store, which is called Poem Jewelry Design. And Poem actually stands for Power of Each Moment. So please check out that store because she sells a lot more than jewelry there, and it's really cool and amazing. And I'm not just saying that because I'm her husband. I'm saying it because it's true. And finally, if you can, please become a patron. Thank you for the people who are patrons so far. Thank you so much, and I hope to see everyone um, join if they can. And please join me every Tuesday for a new episode of The Quid Toss Factor. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to The Quid Toss Factor with Michael J. Arboway. We'll catch you next time. time.